Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. What's happening? Just watching just Shield? Sh- shield <laughs> Shielding it up all the time. Yeah. Like. This episode's pretty plot heavy. Um, I know we talked a little bit before we started recording, but there's not a ton of comic book connections. I don't, actually, I don't think there's any, right? In yeah, this, there so. are no new ones. I mean, we have our uh, we got our Talbot and whatnot. Yeah, but uh, yeah, nobody knew. Um, yeah. So nothing on that end. It's just going to be character and plot stuff. Yeah, um, we do have a listener email, so we'll read that at the end um, of the show because I'm sure it will contain spoilers in our answer. So um, thank you, Aaron, for writing in. We'll we'll get to that later. Um, before we get started. We are a part of the But Why Though podcast community, uh, so be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website, butwhythoughpodcast.com. Tons of awesome content, podcasts, um, essays, everything. I think some people are starting YouTube stuff. Um, definitely go check them out, and we're super proud to be a part of their community. Definitely. Also, um, I, I thought of the one pseudo connection that I'll just do now. <laughs> it's not even a real – it's so silly – but I know I've mentioned it before uh, in past uh, spoiler sections. Uh, I don't think it's a spoiler to say this character is in this episode and exists. Uh, but Christian Ward, who we've mentioned before and heard yeah. of heard of before, uh, Ward's older brother, uh, shares a name with a very successful and very like really incredibly talented and like uh, innovative uh, comic artist named Christian Ward, who just had a really uh, successful and like critically hailed uh, run on Black Bolt with uh, Salad and Ahmed, who has just taken over the Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man comic. So cool. uh, I highly recommend everybody check out his work in general. And the, specifically, I really enjoyed his Black Bolt series, which I also, I think, mentioned be- uh, recently because uh, Crusher Creel, the absorbing man, was sort of like heavily featured in it and uh oh and so i mentioned it very briefly because he was in that and he was recently on an episode of the show so that's our weird non-comics connection comics connection it's just a coincidental <laughs> sharing of a name a lot of times people you know like in daredevil there's characters named quesada and whatnot or uh because joe, joe uh quesada is was the guy who drew a really successful uh daredevil series and ended up being like the editor in chief at Marvel for a long time. Like, and so like they'll do shout outs like that. They'll have uh, significant, significant people who are named uh, intentionally. But I don't believe he'd drawn anything at Marvel yet <laughs> at that point. Like it's just, <laughs> just a coincidence. Funny. Um, what, how, I hope he, this character is not named after like a nice person that does <laughs> comics because <laughs> he's not a great character. True. Um, we don't see that that much in this episode, but um in the future a great actor from like yeah great all sorts actor. Of cool stuff he was on white collar for a long time uh with matt bomer uh but yeah and just and in, in, in a bunch of other stuff like in supporting roles or guest starring roles like over the years yeah. like i feel like i've seen him in everything i've ever seen i know <laughs> i know when you start watching these shows and there's like returning guests um or not even returning just like random guests i'm like like there's a woman in the in C- episode 7 that i'm like okay where have i seen her before <laughs> like you have to like look up the imdb for the episode cuz i'm like okay i've seen this character on a- another tv show i feel like, like they were just guesting i feel like maybe but- we talked about in an early episode of the show 
it's sort of all it's almost like when a show's gone on as long as it has it's almost like a law and order where you just start to yeah. see actors that are either like very well known already or about to blow up or just actors that are always in everything <laughs> like, yeah. but it's interesting too because i feel like some of the main cast members like i think um henry simmons and bj Britt, they've both been like heavily um like tv guest types that have been you know like on csi on i'm sure law and order like all those types of shows um and now they're like have their starring roles um in shield so yay <laughs> thank you for giving us henry simmons and bj Britt. um agreed so this is season two episode six a fractured house written by ron underwood which i don't recognize his name so he might be a new writer for the show i had the same um, thought <laughs> yeah and then directed by rafe judkins and lauren lefranc who have directed an episode or two before um originally aired october 28th 2014 um, and in the recap for this episode we get a little glimpse of that dialogue between talbot and hunter when talbot was trying to buy hunter into giving up colson saying that he is a senator with deep pockets that wants colson so that clearly is going to play into this episode and christian ward so um, we begin at the UN in, in New York and Talbot is speaking to what I'm assuming is the UN Security Council. I just put that in the notes, guessing that's what it was. Well, it might be, uh, <laughs> what was it from S.H.I.E.L.D., the new, uh, the, or, yeah, from Winter Soldier, the, the new World Security Council? Yeah, whatever it is. Whatever, who, it's a council, whoever he's talking to. He's not addressing the full delegation of the UN. Um, and he's talking about how about S.H.I.E.L.D. and how they're a threat and they've deceived us for so long. And the Italian representative stands up and speaks out and, quote, S.H.I.E.L.D. busts in in like full tactical gear and they kill him with this like flying disc that turns him into ash. And, um, yeah, chaos ensues and, uh quote shield <laughs> is attacking uh this un council and then there's this weird like cgi like the guy who busts in like throws one of those discs like at the camera it was just like like we've never seen anything like that in the show before and it was just really weird and didn't fit uh, and it, did, I felt it stood out <laughs> to me it felt a little bit like when movies were first uh being made in 3d a lot again recently Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was just really strange. I was like, I don't that that was a weird choice to throw that in there, but whatever. And it doesn't it wasn't good CGI either. It was like, I don't know. It bothered me. I just had to put that out there. Um. So back at the playground, uh, we're looking at Ward, who's in his cell working out with his shirt off. And ew, no one wants to see that. <laughs> put your shirt back on. Um. Well, I would have said differently, like in season one, but. No, now nope, I don't mean. Like, it's, and it is it's just totally <laughs> ruined in every way. Like, doesn't work. Yeah. Nope. Um, and Sky and Simmons are watching him on the cameras, and Simmons admits that she watches him every day. She's like, every day, five a.m. and there's no light in there or clock, so he doesn't know what time it is. He's just crazy and gets up every day to work out. Um, and and they're kind of chatting, and and Simmons is like, you know, be careful with him, Sky, and. I just love their friendship so much. They just, it's, it's like so many times female friendships are portrayed as like competitive or catty. And I just really like that this one is not that 
at all. Like they're protective of each other. They care about each other. They worry about each other. They want each other to be happy and what's best for them. And it's lovely. It's lovely. Um, so May busts in and she tells them that there's been a t- an attack at the UN and everyone is following Colson around asking if it was S.H.I.E.L.D. and he's like, no, it wasn't us. Um, and he pulls out this grumpy cat mug and he's like, did someone bring this from home? It's really funny how this show like tries to, because I think when this aired, like grumpy cat was like really big right then. It's funny how the show tries to pull in like random like pop culture stuff from like the the time that it was being filmed, this isn't the first time we've seen that. I feel like we've seen there's like been a few like references to random things about like internet memes and things like that. So it's just funny. Like I feel like our internet culture moves so quickly through things. Um, I was like, oh my god, grumpy cat. I'm it's, it's about almost that. It, it's hard. <laughs> like everything. Like I think people want things to feel authentic and like part of the world we live in. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I think as a result, they, they include a lot of things like that are, you know, topical jokes and now they're internet memes and they used to be other things, but either way, I feel like mm-hmm. it can't help but date stuff. Like there's, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter how good it is, how on the nose, I almost feel like the more on the nose it is, the worse it is. <laughs> Uh, but just in terms of dating it, anyway. yeah. Like, just make it vague, and that way it works for people in mm-hmm. the time. Like, and are those ever the are those ever the best jokes? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know either. Like, there's no reason to yeah, try to be like the Daily Whatever. Show on Shield and like skewer something topical. Like, I know. like, that's the only time I feel like those are really good <laughs> jokes that are like topical. Right? I know. I don't know. There's like long lasting themes like Nazis are bad. You should punch Nazis. Uh, fascism is bad. Things like that. That's like, that's fine to keep that a running thing. But I don't know about these little like internet meme things. It's a little weird. It's silly. It's fine. It's like, and it's, it's Coulson who's saying it. So it's it like part of his charm, I guess. I, I don't know. It definitely can't. It definitely took me out when I watched this. I was like, really? Whatever. Um, anyway, so they're watching the footage of this UN attack, and there's a man called Marcus Scarlatti. He's the main guy that threw the disc at the camera, um, and he is a mercenary that um, Bobby mentions almost killed Barton. So that's Clint Barton. That is Hawkeye. Um, and uh, Coulson's talking to Simmons, and Simmons mentions that she recognizes the weapons from some shield, or not shield, hydrophiles, um, and the man in, uh, who created them is Toshiro Mori, who Bobby knows. Um, and I also noticed in this scene, she's wearing a Star Wars shirt. And I feel like I noticed that the first time I saw this. And I was like, oh, I like this character. This is great. <laughs> I remember people talking about it online. I, I, I distinctly remember. Like, she likes Star Wars, too. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> yep. Bobby's awesome. Um, so Hunter, Bobby, and May are going to go after Maury. And Hunter comes into Coulson's office and is like, is this a good idea? And Coulson's like, we all know how you feel about your ex-wife. But hello, this is a mission. If it's going to be a problem, you can walk. And it's this running joke about Hunter and how he just, just can't handle Bobby. It's so great. <laughs> He's just so uncomfortable. Um 
So we go to an office, um, which is Christian Ward's office, and Talbot is uh, has his arm in a sling, and he's talking to Christian Ward, who is Ward's older brother. He's a senator, um, and Talbot's like, we don't know if this was actually Shield, so he's actually giving Shield the benefit of the doubt. I think he knows Colson wouldn't have done something like this. Um, they have come to an understanding, um, and it's funny because Ward's brother goes on television as like a you know with a pundit and he's republican it show you know how it always shows like whoever the senator representative is with a little letter next to their name when they're on cable news and i was like oh of course he's a republican sorry <laughs> just throwing that out there <laughs> um but he goes on tv and he talks about wanting to take shield down and he wants to create this special police force to take in anyone that's that was even associated with them which is like not good and violates tons of civil liberties. And the guy that he's debating with is um, uh, Becker from Belgium. So he makes it very clear that um, anyone uh, that's in his country, they don't agree with that. Um, that's that's not okay. <laughs> and Coulson's like, wow, this is bad. Like, we can't let this happen. It's going to be a witch hunt. Um, and Sky's like, wow. So Sky and Coulson are watching this on TV. And Sky's like, I guess being a douchebag runs in the family, which, yeah. Um, so she goes downstairs to talk to Ward to see if there's anything that they can get on his brother. And Coulson contacts Agent Walters in the Netherlands. And he's like, how are the Netherlands? And she's like, oh, lots of bikes, lots of weed. Which is another like eye roll like <laughs> joke. I, was, I don't know what's going on with this episode. No, that took me out of it for a second too. I'm like, really, dude? What? Like, I have no idea what's going on at that in that moment. Like that felt I know. like it was so phoned in. Like someone Googled Netherlands who'd never heard of, heard of it before. It's like lots of canals. You know how it is. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, and we don't. We've never seen this character before, so we don't know anything about Agent Walters. Like, it was just really strange. I don't know. I feel like there's pieces of this episode that are missing that we just that would make this a little. I don't know. I, I'm just gonna leave it. <laughs> um, but anyway, he tells her to go dark um, because um, they're in danger as an organization or a whatever they're calling themselves. Um, so on the Quinjet, May's flying. They're going to Japan, and Hunter and Bobby are in the back, and they're chatting, and and it's not going well. Uh, but so Bobby gets annoyed, and she goes up front to sit with May, and she's like, "You ever been married?" And May nods, and then she's like, "You still talk to him?" And May's face is like, "Yeah, right. You crazy?" And it's classic, like the face acting that Ming Na does in the scene is fantastic. I laughed out loud. I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I feel like May has a couple moments. I think, I think there's a moment still to come with her and Hunter. If it's kind of funny, oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that made she, me laugh out loud. Yeah, too. <laughs> she saves the humor in this episode. Like so much of it's weirdly out of place and cheesy, and sh and every moment she has is pitch perfect and in yep. character. It's and more it grounds like, the episode again instead of taking you out of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like they're they're great. They're the kind of humor that we've expressed that like you and i i think enjoy the most out of this show where like it doesn't take itself too seriously it, it can joke around but it's also not being just stupid like it's yeah. not it's not just being like or random like <laughs> random internet memes random comments about ne the netherlands like i don't know it was weird but yeah may definitely grounds this episode with the humor um and it is spot on it's so good um so back at the playground, Fitz is – I couldn't figure out if he was asleep or if he was just talking to himself. 
So I'm going to go with both. He was checking himself while he was sleeping. <laughs> um, and Simmons is watching him from outside the door and she comes in and she's like, oh, good morning. And he like kind of, you know, starts and um, she wants his help um, on the hard drive that Bobby took from Hydra because it was damaged in their escape. And their communication is rough. And Gemma's face acting, Elizabeth Henstridge is so good with showing these like multiple emotions on her face at the same time. Like she just has this look like, oh God, this is painful. And we definitely feel that as an audience. Yeah. Um, and and it's like, it's frustrating. It's like, she's not being bad or whatever, but you can tell her character and she's, and it is, it's the acting that, that conveys it, but you can just tell she's not comfortable and, yeah. and she knows she's not handling it well. Yeah. She's not. <laughs> like you talked before about uh how the only person who does a really great job of it you know it's mac and like we've also seen i think everybody's gotten better because of mac's example mm-hmm. i think and people who are just new like hunter like have had an easier mm-hmm. time because they don't have any frame of reference yeah. but she just they were so close and just she can't handle it yeah she it's obvious she's having a heart just as hard of a time as he is almost i think coming to accept this new him and we yeah. get another conversation later in the episode oh sure this, oh. we'll get more into it but it's it, yeah. just that moment is hard it's hard and you can see it's hard for her character and it's it makes it hard to watch it's really yeah. it, it's weird this is a weird episode because there's a lot of really good moments but there's also stuff that does just take you out of it like it's bizarre. yeah absolutely um so sky is in the Ward's cell in the basement talking about Christian, his older brother. And Ward is definitely scared. He's like, does he know I'm here? Like, he can't know I'm here. And uh, But <laughs> that doesn't stop him from being a manipulative fuck. Um, and he tries to move the topic to her father. And so, you know, Sky is like talking to him. And Coulson interrupts and just shuts the conversation down. And Sky's like, what? I wasn't done talking to him. And he's like, you're slipping off track, Sky. It's, we need to stay on mission. Like, this is on the back burner. Hmm. So in Japan, uh, May is like, all right, we have two options. Either we go in with a firefight or Bobby can use her Hydra cover, hopefully that it, hopefully it uh, oh my God, hoping it is not blown. Um, and she has a relationship with um, Toshiro Mori. So they're going to try that. And Hunter goes, yeah, she can handle it. Deception is her forte. And May and, and Bobby kind of look at him and he's like, no, it's like a good quality for a spy to have. And then they say goodbye and he's like, don't die. And he just like the way he watches her walk away is like, dude, you are so not over her. And it's so obvious. Everyone can see it but you. Well, I feel like he's – I don't know. Like it, sometimes it feels like he's not even trying to hide it anymore or, or even in denial. <laughs> like compliments are going back to Blonde like the first time you see them in this oh, episode. God, yeah. Like he just – he no, he's not even sort of over her. And like like you said, there's no one else who has any <laughs> question of this. Like, like everyone yeah. else is abundantly aware of this. Yeah, and it's kind of sweet because Bobby clearly has affection for him still, and she still, like, respects him, and it's clear that she's, like, trying to make an effort to be like, oh, you look good, and it's good to see you, and then he just, like, doesn't know how to handle her being there, and he fucks it up every time they talk. (laughs) I feel like, too, like, just reading into it, just on this level of, like, I think, as a viewer, you know, she vouched for him. She clearly knows he still has feelings for her. Like it, it feels like she's not like completely written him off. Absolutely like, not. Like yeah. it feels like she's giving him shots. And at this point, 
I don't <laughs> like he's not he he could be so much worse, but he's not doing a good job. <laughs> uh, 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 like he's just because he's not seeing that. He's like, "Why would you do this? These are head games." It's like, yeah. no, dude. She's she's like being like, "I want to like, I want you in my life still." And instead, mm-hmm. he's interpreting it as, "Why would anyone do this?" <laughs> she's trying to manipulate him or something. Yeah. He feels yeah. like like it's so weird because you do get the vibe. Because of his affection for her and because of just the way she's been portrayed, like the only way she was weird or anything are because of her job. And he, I don't know, man, his character, <laughs> it's, he's, he, he's this weird form of comic relief because he's not, he's supposed to be like a mercenary more than a spy. So he's not like supposed to be like a character exactly like Ward was in season one, but he has been portrayed as like extremely competent. And it's like, it's contrasted against him just being such a goofball. Like I know. Oh, and this next scene. So Bobby starts talking to Toshiro in Japanese and she kisses him and Hunter and May are watching this and he's like, oh, that doesn't bother me <laughs> at all. He starts, he starts rambling and May's like, you know, I don't like you, right? And he <laughs> yeah. just looks at her like, and just silence. It was amazing. Before, like May ribs him the start because the first, right when it happens, she goes, you still like in plan two? Two or whatever, because it was like the, <laughs> yeah. the second option was this instead of using the Hydra cover or whatever, or, or I don't know. Instead of the fire fight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's so, so silly, like, because May is like playfully giving him guff, but then like you said, like, it's like almost like she regretted giving him oh, guff. Yeah. Like, she's like, I don't like you. <laughs> like, 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 don't misinterpret me giving you shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about how you actually feel. Like, I just wanted to give you shit. <laughs> it was just the opportunity it presented itself. She couldn't deny it. Like I had I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. I totally missed like the dialogue that happened right after this. I was like, oh my God, that was like the most amazing line in that's happened in this show since since the beginning. That was an excellent moment. It was it, it uh more than makes up for all the other comedy missteps. Yeah. And Hunter's face afterwards is just absolutely perfect. He just has his mouth open and he's just look like gaping at her like Oh, <laughs> like it's so good. It's so good. Hunter's just like in over his head with these two women here. Like he he doesn't know how to handle himself. And it's hilarious. Um, so Bobby's talking to Toshiro and she gets information about these um these disc things that are called splinter bombs, and uh she finds out that Toshiro knows about the diviner as well. Um, but Bobby's cover gets blown. Hydra sends a communication to everyone saying, oh, she's shield. And Hunter comes to the rescue and shoots this guy that's like coming after her. And, um, you know, a firefight comes out. They shoot down everybody and they start arguing because Bobby's like, I had it. Like, why are, why did you shoot him? Like, you'd think I didn't know he was there. And like Toshira starts to get up and they both like turn and shoot him and continue arguing. And May's like, dude, are we doing this right now? Really, guys? Like it's just like okay now i'm starting to understand why uh didn't, their marriage didn't work out <laughs> um and why it's difficult for them to work together um so anyway they find out that hydra is going after beckers in belgium which is that dude that was on tv who was arguing with christian ward so they're gonna go after him to, to save him or whatever um, back at the playground, uh, Fitz and Simmons are trying to communicate about this broken drive. And then Fitz is like looking at something on his computer. Um, it's like this um, this plane. He's like trying to talk to her about it. And um, 
Simmons just gets frustrated. She's like, I'm trying not to treat you differently. And Fitz is like, I know, but I am different. And it was just. Oh, it's such a, such a powerful moment. Yeah. Like Fitz just like coming out and saying it like you, I am not the same. And like trauma changes you and that's okay. And if you can't accept me for who I am, like, what are, what are we going to do? And then he's like, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that's, and I feel like this is like the epitome of the problem and like of why, like, as you've said from the beginning, why like Mac does so well with them is because he was the only one acknowledging that he was having a problem. Everyone else was like trying it when, when the season first starts and they pick up on it, just, you know, where she'd been gone a while, like everyone else is just kind of like, Oh, you know, We'll just kind of humor him and ignore what he's talking to himself and he's not, you know, able to process things, express things the same way. Like everyone else was just, I don't know, hoping like he'd get better. It, yeah. And kind of pretending it wasn't happening and just like walking on eggshells around him, which is like so frustrating, I'm sure, well, for someone like Fitz. Yeah. I think they were like trying not to hurt him by drawing attention to it. Like, like it, yeah. it, it, it wasn't a denial, like as far as like where they were like, I don't know. Sometimes that that stuff I think puts pressure on people, and I think they were everything they were doing was born out of trying to not put pressure on him and not hurt mm-hmm. him, but it, it, instead it did the opposite. And people who were new and like especially who had like this great sensitivity towards him and just nurturing nature, like Mac, like they like helped him get to the point where he could say that. And it's like it's man, it is a really powerful moment. Like it's it's such good acting yeah. between both of them, and just like really good. Story wise, like, ooh, so it, hurt, it hurts. It hurts. It to does watch. hurt. It does. And then, so after this, he's like, uh, Simmons, you left. And she tries to start to explain why she left. And she's like, I can't do this. And she walks away and leaves. And Mac saw this whole thing and he comes in. He's like, Are you okay? And, oh, God, so hard to watch. It's it's very interesting because it says a lot about how abled people are so uncomfortable with disability. Like even if you're like super close friends, like it, this is like a I don't know if they were trying to do this on purpose, but just the way that these characters portray this time in Fitz's life of essentially having a disability with his traumatic brain injury, like and how like almost they weren't able to treat him like a person because I don't know. I haven't completely thought this out. No, but I think, I think there's something, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, There's definitely something there because like, it's not, I think that's something that people don't realize with a lot of prejudices, like, and, and privileges that people enjoy, like people, especially people who, you know, like myself, self are like cis white males, like, like, People will get really defensive because they feel like, oh, someone's saying you're you're consciously being a an asshole or a monster or an oppressor or something. But it's like just because you benefit from something or don't understand a prejudice that you're not even aware you're doing, like it's unconscious. Yeah. Like if it is, like and there is, like like if if you are not able to be around someone because they have a missing limb or a burn victim or whatever, like that's on you, man. Like, and, and, you know, I mean, we're not children, you know? And yeah. And yeah, like it's okay to react. Like, I think that that's the thing that people don't understand is like, you're not supposed to not, you're not supposed to pretend people aren't 
what they are. You're just supposed to not yeah. treat them like they're not people, like you said. Yeah. Like remember that they're still people, and it doesn't matter what, how someone's different. Like you focus on how we're the same. Like and just give someone human respect. <laughs> and, and yeah. That's like what's most important. But I think. And I think. Oh, I was just the, my last thought was just they're mm-hmm. they're just holding him up to who he used to be. Yeah. And that's what makes I think that's what makes it hard for all of us. Like either either you're holding someone up to what they used to be if they've gone through a change or you're holding someone up to your idea of what a no, quote unquote normal person is and either way mm-hmm. it's not fair because they're just who they are however they got that way whether they were born that way and it's a difference that's always been there or something happened they've changed someone you already knew either way it's not anyone's fault it's not a matter of fault it's just a difference and I don't know yeah. Um, the other thing I was thinking too was this moment that Fitz acknowledges that he is different is so powerful because like everyone trying to ignore his disability is taking away from his identity. This is his identity now. And they are trying to, like you said, like ignore it or talk around it or I don't know. And it's not an intentional prejudice, but it's still harmful and it's still hurtful. And I think that says a lot about um, being self-aware enough, especially with friends and loved ones, to see how you treat someone or how you might ignore a disability because it makes you uncomfortable really affects like a marginalized person um, that lives with this every day and that it's not about you. And if you're uncomfortable, you need to acknowledge and figure out why and push past that because people deserve to be treated like people no matter what um, is going on. Um, so that's, that is our, our SJW rant. <laughs> I think that that's a really the, the good point. Like you've talked about, you know, PTSD before. And this, I think it definitely goes hand in hand. This fits as a, uh, you know, has suffered both a TBI and has definitely has PTSD as well. Yeah. Like, I think they all do oh, to be honest. So, <laughs> at this point after the finale, like, yeah. I don't know, May's stuff's not from the finale, but it's, she's got her own stuff yeah already so yeah 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 i think they probably all do too it's it's (laughs) really sad like but also you think about the line of work they're in he's sort of paramilitary organization it's not if they're in active combat a lot with like i don't know world threatening global like super villain shit i I think most people are gonna have that kind of emotional stresses and whatnot like you'd think that's pretty common yep um so anyway, um, we the next scene is Coulson is sitting in Ward's office and he walks in and he's very he's like, "What are you doing here?" And Coulson's you know, like, "Oh, you, your your men will not be checking on you." And oh, we have your phone tapped or whatever blocked or whatever. And um, they're talking about Coulson doesn't want him to send the world after Shield. Um, and he's like, "Look, I have something to trade. I have your brother in my basement." And Coulson tries to talk to him about what he knows about Christian based on what Ward, Grant Ward has told him. And Christian paints a very different picture of Ward that is contrary to what Grant Ward has said about him. And this is a confusing moment as a viewer because he's very 
convincing, but I mean, we know that abusers are manipulative and convincing. So who's, and they're both abusers and they're both manipulative. So whose story is real? Um, and so back and forth in the scene, Sky is actually in Ward's cell and the camera's off and she mentions that Coulson is away and Ward tries to warn her about his brother and he's like, he will always find someone to believe him, which dude, you're like talking about yourself here. Um, uh, for And for a moment, we think that Sky is going to let him out um, and she gets all the info about her father and, you know, he says he has resources, um, whatever. And he, he's like, that's all I have. That's it. And she plays him. She turns this whole thing around and is like, well, we're going to let you out. We're going to give you to your brother um, in return for him backing off this witch hunt, which the way the scene starts out, you think that Sky is going against what Coulson wants, but thank God she isn't. I was really worried, actually. I couldn't remember how this ended, and I was like, oh no, please don't let him out, because I know he gets out at some point, but it's like a, <laughs> I couldn't remember how. I should never misstep uh, a, a version in an episode of the show, like her relationship with uh, Logan Paul in real life. Uh, God, I'm so glad that's over for now. I just, I sort of associate. Uh, Ward and him and like the same sort of like <laughs> oh bad God. decision making where it's just like well whatever everybody makes mistakes yeah that's true um so um Fitz and Mac are in the lab looking at the picture of that plane again and he's talking about like these old bombs that were made um by this hydroscientist named Vincent Beckers and they tell Simmons this and she's like Vincent Beckers we have to call Colson right now because turns out uh, Julian Beckers, who is who Hydra is going after right now, is the grandson of Vincent Beckers, and he's been in contact with Hydra, and so this is all a trap. And he, uh, Coulson tells May um, to go to the safe house in Bruges, Brussels, instead of going after Beckers. I gotta say, I feel like this is a trope in fiction that comes from like yeah. spy fiction and genre, fi- like pulp stuff, like superhero stuff and detective stories in general, and has been in movies and, and books and stories for a long time. But I feel like it doesn't really work after our like grandparents' generation, maybe. I know. How many of us are <laughs> members of like patrilineal or matrilineal clubs? I don't even know what clubs were my grandmother or my grandfather were in. My grandpa was like, a Freemason. Like he was like one of those like people that was like 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 the thing like a lot of like the Illuminati's based on, like all yeah. like the founding fathers were part of. Like it like goes back generations to like when they joined I think when they came to America, like like the Joneses, my grandpa mm-hmm. was on, but my dad was not a member. <laughs> like, yeah, and none of my I mean, friends' like, parents are like members of any. They don't, they don't go to lodges and, and shit anymore. <laughs> Nobody goes to a lodge. Yeah. <laughs> you go to the lodge. It's, like you don't automatically have loyalty to an organization based on like lineage. Yeah. Like it's just weird. How many, bl- <laughs> how many bloodline like like <laughs> like like legacies? <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like like this is something that is only relatable to like the super rich who are part it's, who are part of like weird secret yeah. fraternities and shit. Yeah, who, like go to Ivy League schools. It's like, guess what? There is no uh, you know state chapter of Skull and Bones. Yeah, <laughs> and thank God. I know, <laughs> but, but it's just weird. It's like it is weird. It is totally a trope that's used all the time in fiction, and I it to, like I it's funny. I didn't put it in the notes, but I wanted to talk about it because I totally was like, "This is dumb," but whatever, because <laughs> everyone uses it. I, think, I feel like I noticed it on this show because they do it so often with the Howling Commandos. Yes. They're just like, my well, they do it with Hydra the, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's it's the Hydra this time that jumped out at me, but it's just like, so what? 
his grandpa was part of it. Like, are you serious? Like, my grandpa was, uh, you know, a Southern Baptist from Kentucky. My grandpa was a racist, just like misogynist jerk. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to go down for the crap he was a part of. <laughs> like, I'm Dude, not a part of this as much of it as I can help. <laughs> right? I have family that were part of Imperial Japan, like during <laughs> prior to World War One or World War Two, and during World War Two, like uh, going by. Uh, Shield rules like you're maybe Hydra. I'm a Japanese imperialist. You might be a Hydra ally, <laughs> right? Like, it's so weird. It's so weird. Super, it's super weird. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking the exact same thing when I was watching this. But whatever, everyone does it, so it's we're going with no, it. We I just guess. kind of accept it, and like <laughs> we, in a lot of stories, like like I don't know, I'm fine with it on Game of Thrones, <laughs> but like like in our world. It's it doesn't too, make sense. A we're a little, we're a little disconnected yeah. from. It's just from too that. commonplace. Like it should be rare. It should be shocking. It's like, oh, their grandpa was a part of this, and they are too. It shouldn't be like, of course, just like yeah. all the stuff I do. That's just like my grandpa. Right? <laughs> Good lord. Um. So Coulson goes. God, this next scene is really intense. I forgot about this. So Coulson goes to talk to Ward and basically tell him, like, we're giving you to your brother. That's it. You are no longer useful to us. And Ward is like upset. And he's like, dude, I'm still a part of your team, which is so delusional. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. It's super nuts. Like he's so, because he believes it. Like, like, like he does. the way it's being portrayed, it's good acting, but it's also just like, what the hell are you? T- how disconnected has he become? Yeah. And Colson just gives it to him straight. He's like, uh, you are not, nor have you ever been a part of my team. The only reason you're alive is because you were useful and now your brother is more useful. So you're going bye-bye. Like other than, <laughs> like, other than the way he feels about um, Sky, which I feel like on some level isn't really all on him. Like, 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 I don't know. Like there's like 13% to 10% of it that's real. And it's gross yeah. and I hate it, mm-hmm. but I also get it because she was manipulated and it's fair. It's fair. People mm-hmm. have abusers and manipulators. You don't, you don't hold that against other people. So it's not like there's nothing wrong with the fact that she still has real emotion, real affection with for him on some level. But like other than overestimating that 13%, you know, to 10% to like, yeah. we're true loves. <laughs> like, other than that weird like disconnect, he seems God. like, you know, he's screwed up, really screwed up. He's always seemed to like I actually have a good bead on reality. Like 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 he was super loyal to Garrett, but then when shit went sour with Garrett, he was like, "Oh, Garrett's gone nuts." Well, like, yeah. like like I don't know. He's never seemed irrational until that moment where he's like, "I'm still a member of the team." You're just like, "Oh shit!" Like you're not just a bad guy. You're nuts. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this scene and the scene where he's like telling Fitz, like in a previous episode, like, "Oh, it's really good to see you." Oh like, yeah, I we saved talked. You. We talked like, about how like there was oh. like, like like he was like I gave, like I knew you'd come through. Like that he really sort of believes it. Like like that's that's like half manipulative bullshit, but half of it's like. Oh no! I'm, he really—he's delusional. Cut myself on like, the back. I'm such a good big brother. I was a good big brother before. I'm a good big brother now. Like, like uh, I'm so good to I'm my little brothers. <laughs> like, like, no, you're right. That uh, was a good. That was another glimpse of it, for sure. But like, there is. He's just got this, like you say, delusional. Like you, you said it, and in the notes, it's in all caps. He is. <laughs> no, he is. Like he's not. He's he's disconnected a little bit from reality, and he never really. Before being locked up, I guess he never really showed that. 
Well, I think like that's all he has left. Remember, like at the end of season one, Coulson's like, you're going to find out who you are without Garrett, because without Garrett, you're nothing. And he doesn't know who he is. And so he thinks he's still a part of Coulson's team, I think. And he's still friends with all these people. Oh, and they still care I about love him. That. Like that he like, clings to the last thing and the only genuine the thing. Connection the only genuine he's thing had, he's had yeah. since like his little brother, everything Garrett, it seems, yeah. that we know of. You know, yeah. So though, and oh man, he's just oh, it's sad. Like it's they do it's a really sad, good job because you know because oh. I because I feel sad for him without feeling any sympathy or empathy. Yep. Like they, <laughs> yeah. like they they crafted a story, man. <laughs> like I'm like oh, that's such a bummer. He deserves everything he gets. <laughs> like, yep. That's- Yep, he deserves to be sad and sad yeah. and whatever. Like, <laughs> like, oh, what a bummer. Up. What a natural consequence. <laughs> yeah, right? Sorry, you're paying for what you did, you piece of shit. Um, but I'm still sad for you because you are not well. You need help. Um, so we go to Bruges, um, which is the Shield safe house in Bruges, which is very fancy. I was like, oh, this is a nice house. Um, and Walters, Agent Walters from the Skype call about, oh, Lots of bikes, lots of weed. Um, walks in and Beckers is there, and she's like, "What are you doing here?" And he beat May there, so he's they've already killed everyone else that's at the safe house. And they take Walters, and Scarlatti walks in and he shoves a splinter bomb in her. After some witty banter, dialogue, whatever, <laughs> spy spy dialogue. Um, and after this, Hunter busts in with a bunch of beers, and he's playing this merc card like I'm just a merc like you guys, and. Really, he's he's like doing his, you know, silly hunter thing, like just distracting these guys. He's stalling for May and Bobby to come flying through the windows, which is so dramatic and over the top. And um, they get into this fight. So Scarlatti has this knife on a chain and him and May are fighting. And it's such a badass fight. And then Bobby and Hunter are fighting in tandem against the other agents. And oh, my God, May is so badass. There's this moment where Scarlatti has the chain around her neck and she has this look on her face like you think that she can't help herself like she's done she's gonna be choked and she just like turns it around and takes control of the situation again and knocks him the fuck out and it's fantastic so good some of these fight scenes are excellent in this show I'm very happy with this season's fight scenes <laughs> um it's really so this next scene uh colson's back at the playground and he's on the phone with may and he's get home safe it's like colson talking to mom come home safe hun <laughs> dinner will be ready when you get home <laughs> Um, and Simmons starts talking to Mac while he's working on this motorcycle and she thanks him for helping Fitz. And he's like, I don't help him. He doesn't need any help. Like, I like the dude. He's a little weird, but he's, I'm not like, we're just friends. Like I'm not helping him. And he says this line, like, you know, one thing I've noticed is the only thing that makes him worse is you. And Simmons has this like horribly stricken look on her face. And she's like, I know. Why do you think I left? Which, goddamn! Well, in that moment, he says that <sighs> he's like a little defensive, yeah. of of and protective, and he's protective. And like, yeah, like he is being a little bit, I don't know, a little passive aggressive, which I feel like in general isn't like him on the show. Mm-hmm. But it is he is being protective of him, and I feel like. You know, he doesn't know. He does not know their whole history. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. But that's why she left. You know, he he he's not aware of everything. But he's not wrong in being a little protective and maybe having a little bit of like attitude on it because she's being 
a little hurtful. Like, like, like the, the way, yeah. like to an outside observer, if you just walked in, like, and didn't know them at all, watched their interactions, like I could see it seeming like it, it just feels like she's like extra impatient with the dude who's like clearly going through something, even not knowing any of it. Like he's just, he's stuttering over stuff and still like getting to the point, but she's just being like, yeah, okay. Like, and it didn't, I don't know. It yeah. doesn't have malice behind it for sure. But I think she just doesn't know what to yeah, do. It's just, it's just, it, but I, it, I could see how to Max character or to an outside observer, it would feel like coldness or rudeness instead of what it is, which is just not like just being yeah. also being in pain, like because not yeah. knowing how to, how to be with someone who you've always known how to be with. Yeah. And also it's, it was condescending of her to thank Mac for helping him. Like, like the, like I would have been, if I were in Mac's shoes, I would have been a little defensive too. If that's the first thing that she said to me, like, dude, I wasn't helping him. I was just being, a, being his friend because you left bitch. <laughs> like, so like, I totally get where he's coming from just because that's the first line of dialogue that comes out of her mouth. Like, um, but she makes it very clear that she understands what the situation is and she knows that she's not handling it well. And her vulnerability in this scene is so powerful and so heartbreaking because she doesn't know what to do. Like she doesn't know how to help Fitz. She doesn't know how to be friends with him or even just be with him. And she's just grateful that Mac was that person for him. And I don't think she even knows how to convey that. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, there's that's that was a complicated scene, I think, just emotionally. And I think you're right. Like it's not something that we usually see from Mac, but I, you know, coming from his perspective, I think it was totally warranted. Like he doesn't know what's been what's been going on for the past, you know, months, years. I don't know how long they've been a team. Months, right? Hasn't been a year yet. <laughs> no, that's, that's not for a year. <laughs> that's a lot to go through in less than a year, let me just say. Um so Ward is going bye-bye, fuck off, goodbye forever, not, bleh. Um, so, uh, so Christian is giving his anti-Hydra speech at the UN and his voiceover is going through all these scenes talking about how S.H.I.E.L.D.'s, you know, not the real enemy, it's Hydra and my brother is Hydra and I'm going to take responsibility for this and make sure that he's been punished for his crimes and um, Ward is walking out handcuffed and he sees Trip. He sees Fitz, he sees Sky and Simmons, all these people that he's hurt. And when he looks at Sky, Simmons steps in front of her and she's like, if I ever see you again, I will kill you, which is so out of character for her. It's but- pretty badass. And you can tell like, <laughs> yeah. like, a lot of it, like like this is out of all the guilt she feels for how she's dealing with things with, with Fitz. But she's yeah. just like, hey, you did this. Like, like I do have legitimate guilt, but none of this would have, wouldn't have you know, would be an issue if it weren't for your like evil. So I will murder you. You destroyed my best friend and my relationship with him and messed up our lives. So I hate you. And you're trying to hurt my new friend and I will not allow that. Like, (laughs) um, but yeah, that moment just made my heart swell because I was like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like badass Simmons. Simmons clearly learned a few things at from her time at undercover. She's pretty badass right there. (laughs) <laughs> um 
So back in Bruges, uh, Talbot and May are chatting and Talbot's actually being really nice and kind. He's like, how many men did you lose? And May's like, we lost six. And he's like, it's always hard when a soldier falls and they handshake and they have like a nice, respectful, sweet moment. Um, And it's nice to see Talbot coming around and even though I miss the blustery Talbot a little yeah, bit, but don't worry, we'll get more of that. Not, I don't, he's not quite uh, quick enough to fly off the handle of this episode. I like all the stuff we get from, like you said, but I wish it was a little more spaced out. Like you have this moment now and you have him kind of vouching for them before being like, that doesn't sound like shield. Like why not spread that out over two episodes and have one moment where he's like, what? <laughs> How dare you? Like, like, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I just love that Talbot so much and I love Adrian Pazder's portrayal of that but I, I mean it's a, it's a nice character development to see his relationship with Coulson and his team change um, so it's it's nice um, this episode isn't over yet because of course fucking Ward is like super spy like dislocates his thumb to get out of the handcuffs and he gets loose and we see a scene with him grabbing a gun from one of the agents in the back of the car they have him in thumbproof shackles why wasn't why wasn't he bound by like his upper arms with like a muzzle on like hello like this guy is very dangerous style at least yeah it's it's very upsetting they just like I don't know um, so the very end scene is this guy walks into a tattoo parlor and he wants the mysterious alien writing that Coulson has been carving tattooed on him. So here we finally find the other, there is another carver out there, except he wants it carved into his skin. I don't really know. Anyway, ah, <laughs> a new mystery. <laughs> and that's the episode. <sighs> I think we have talked exhaustively about fucking Ward. <laughs> And fuck him so much. That's literally my notes in the discussion. Fuck Ward so much. Um, I don't think we. Yeah, can, I mean, I feel I like mean, in general, we can go every episode. It's hard to <laughs> get too much more of that. Yeah. Um. Let's go into our spoiler section. So spoiler spe- section time. Um. And talk about Simmons, Mac, and Fitz, and their future. Um. Because this is like the beginning of a very interesting dynamic between the three of them where Mac is almost a little antagonistic towards Simmons because he's defensive and protective of Fitz. And then I just think about like in season five when he is like trying to protect, I don't know, there's just like so, so much that changes and it's interesting to see where it starts and like where Mac's affection for Fitz, like he's able to come to love and, and have affection for Simmons based on Fitz's feelings for her. But it didn't start out that way. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> and just the fact that like, you know, by the end, everybody loves Fitz and they are trying to like think the best of him and whatnot. But the way it ends with him, you know, everyone yeah. is w- willing to put everyone else's safety first. And that includes, you know, Simmons. And it's it's just weird. Like, I don't know. He's changed so much and I really can't wait to get to the new season and figure out what's, what's up. And I I can't believe we're going to get another season after that. What? What? I know. I'm, what? I'm, I'm so worried for Mac and all the struggles he's going to go through, like morally. Yeah. That's just all the show does. Emotionally as director, like they're going to just fuck with him so hard. And I'm so worried 
um, for my my sweet boy. Super, super agree. <laughs> yeah, and I mean Fitz. The stuff with Fitz and Simmons too is just going to be super as usual because they are just they cursed, really are. super difficult. I, mean, I feel like every show, nobody knows how to write a compelling like relationship well or like not nobody but like the cliche <laughs> is that nobody can yeah because and, and i feel like basically the same old white dudes who wrote everything back in the day don't know how so yeah but, but like i feel like you can absolutely write like a pair that are connected and together because like it doesn't have to be such a different dynamic than like just a partnership there's so many like partnership comedies or detective duos or whatever but like and there have been ones like, like there was heart to heart in the early 80s that was about uh, a married couple and like so it's, i think it's like it's eminently possible but for whatever reason like there's this desire to not let people end up together like it, it, to keep yeah. them apart and like a lot of times in fiction i feel like it's artificial where they because they keep just like cycling and that does happen yeah. definitely in real life i think my dad has a cousin who uh it one state i don't remember if it was illinois or maybe kentucky because they're they're full-on hillbillies and whatever state he was in <laughs> he uh they there was a limit they were like you can only marry the same woman four times like we won't let you do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> they tried to get married a fifth time and he's just like you guys keep divorcing like 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 we call like the state calls shenanigans like, like you guys can't yeah. benefit you can't enjoy the benefits of a marriage because you don't tell death to you part you don't commit to have a joint estate like you're full of it like you're the people who cried married like instead of the boy who cried wolf. that's crazy so, like, so i know but that is i didn't even know that existed yeah. that's no, I, i'm sure really i think funny. it is like on a state-to-state basis because marriage licenses are but they just wouldn't issue one i thought it was so funny but like I, I feel like i can't remember which state it was but i think it's one of those two it could be missouri i have extensive uh hillbilly relatives in the area but and it, when it could be illinois some of those people live in like not not the most hillbilly of states but still um but i i don't know it just feels like on this show it's heightened for them in particular and it's they're not the only couple that are like doomed you know yeah. we're in the spoiler section mm-hmm. and like mac and yo-yo yeah, like they get to like- be together but they just get <laughs> put through the ringer and they have maybe the best yeah. on the show like every other know. and then Sky, yeah, all the Sky's partners or, yeah <laughs> fall like, off like flies of uh and then yeah yeah and then uh what may and colson yeah. and may, may, like, may and fuck. it's just oh, tragic no. it's sad and like theirs is like one of the biggest and like most long-running one other than fitz and simmons so what they're fitz both and, the long yeah. most long-running ones are just sad as hell and then the best one is yeah. still just like full of pain for both Mac and Yo-Yo, like a lot. Yeah. I'm such a sucker for tragic romance. Like maybe that's why I love this yeah. show so much. I didn't even think about it that every single romance on this show is super tragic and like No, it does up. like remind me of like Brian Fuller stuff. Like that's all his, that's yeah. all of his stuff has that in common, including Star Trek Discovery even. Like. Oh God, that romance Oh, it's too. just, oh, it's like a knife in your it's heart. so... Oh, it's so hard. I think that's also maybe why I love that show so much. And I'm not, you know, a huge Star Trek person, but. Uh, so, um, our spoiler section does include all uh, all the current episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> everything up through so far in the MCU and Star Trek Discovery, just in case. We yeah. weren't specific. Uh, season we weren't one. Specific, but stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. Uh, go to space. Um, <laughs> no, this was a 
this was a good episode. Like you said, I think early on, joke, some of the jokes fell really flat and felt <laughs> dated. And they yeah. missed a huge opportunity. Christian Moore is a big political muckety-muck and rich dude. Uh, and so they missed a Wrath and Watch opportunity. He could have just, they could have just had a mention on his computer screen meeting with Lloyd Rathman. Like, come on, man. Well, can I oh can't, can't throw us a bone? See, here's what I'm thinking, though, right now. We're not going to get on season six. We're not going to get him on. But they do have, they're renewed for season seven. I don't care if they're in space. Let's get Rathman in space, man. <laughs> like, he's one of the guys. <laughs> he survives the snap. He's like the yeah. Elon Musk or what's his, no, uh, Richard, uh, what's his name that does, um, Virgin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, why can't Galactic, I think of his name? But I know uh, who you're talking Richard, about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's he's like the Richard, what's his name, of of the Shield universe. So he's trying to get people into space. The the normal man who can afford like a hundred thousand yeah. dollar ride yeah, to space. Man, you know, a hotel on the moon that costs everybody's their life yeah. savings. Right. No big deal. Just every day, everyday man. Um yeah, perfect Rathman watch opportunity. Um Sleeping on it, Shield. Marissa Tantra, and we're gonna have to like start pounding her IG with like, "Hey, you should bring Rob Hubel back on." <laughs> Just gonna be like, "What who are these people? Why do they support Hubel so much?" Like, 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 did Rob Hubel's family start a Shield podcast? Yeah, <laughs> no, just random fans <laughs> of the random billionaire that was in an episode, uh, one episode of Shield. <laughs> yeah, he had, he had good chemistry. Yes, he did. Um, so we have an email from Aaron, who is at British CPA on Twitter. He also has his own podcast. Um, and he says, hey, Jess and Jared, hope you're both well. I have a question for the pod. Oops. Sorry, I just scrolled away from it. Um, given we've had all of this Marvel movement lately, how do you think this could impact S.H.I.E.L.D. in a positive way moving forward? Since DC TV has been so popular with their shows and the expansion of the DCEU, do you think we could see spinoff shows from S.H.I.E.L.D.? Maybe Ghostwriter Robbie Reyes? Love, Aaron. He doesn't say love. He just says Aaron. <laughs> I added that. <laughs> we, we can, but I we feel the love. <laughs> um, um, what do you think? I don't know. I, I don't know how it works. Um, exactly. Like, is is it an ABC Studios production? Will that will that have anything? Or will it move to Disney yeah. Plus? Like what? Do, will, what does that yeah. have to do with it? Because like like specifically, I mean it's different. But you look at the uh, at the Warner Brothers stuff, and none of the shows that have been added or on the slot for the DC play uh, or DC Universe uh, Disney play. Same thing. Uh, the Disney Universe, <laughs> uh, the, the the DC Universe shows so far have been Teen Titans and uh, Doom Patrol, which are in the same universe, and I believe Swamp Thing, which is coming up, is the next one, which I've referred to as yep. well compared to Man Thing. Uh, it's also coming up, uh, and it is, I believe, supposed to also be in that same shared universe. However, this universe is not part of the DC Extended Film. Uh, universe or part of the CW show universe. It's its own DC universe. They got at least three going. <laughs> and like I think a new Joker movie. Okay. I think a new Joker movie, the Joaquin yeah. Phoenix Joker movie. Uh not part of it, the movie the movie universe. It's its own thing. So like lots of stuff going on at DC right now. That's okay. I yeah, realize it's that. all over the place. <laughs> that, that makes okay. and they have like a uh <laughs> I think at least two uh, animated 
universes because they have a series of direct-to-video films that are all in a shared universe that have been going on for quite some time. And they've recently, with a Harley Quinn one that uh, was produced within the last couple of years, they brought back the original uh, DC animated universe, like the Bruce Timm, Paul Dini shared universe yeah. from Justice League Unlimited that started with the Batman animated series and, and expanded Superman and uh, Batman Gotham Knights and then uh, Batman Beyond and all those great shows. Uh, and uh, I think it is also maybe has more stuff coming. Maybe a couple new uh, animated direct-to-video features coming. Uh, but so like there's a whole lot of stuff going on there. So I feel like it's a hard thing to compare. Uh, Marvel hasn't done the same thing. Yeah, it's just Marvel always wanted us to believe that it was all the same, like sort of like the Star Wars deal or whatnot. But there's never mm-hmm. like we've talked a lot about it extensively. The crossover doesn't seem to be allowed. It's very one way with Shield. It's only references with Netflix shows. But the news that those Netflix shows may move to Hulu. I don't think we talked about that yet. No, we haven't. Jeff Loeb from Marvel Television, who works under Ike Perlmutter and is kind of the guy who directs all of it, but he directs all of it, like the stuff that's done with Fox, like the, for X-Men properties, like Gifted and Legion at Fox and FX. He's done those. Uh, and all the Netflix shows, all the Hulu shows, like he he it, he works across the board and he's the one who's kind of always sold the company line. that It's, it's all connected. It's all one universe, but like, okay, whatever. Yeah. No, it's not. Uh, we figured it out <laughs> at this point. It's one. It's a one-sided relationship. Very, very much with so. The films, and yeah. I don't know. Like, I would like to think that we could get Robbie Reyes in something like so much. I want him to get his own show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a movie and not Netflix on a, a Disney Plus, but uh, or Disney Play. I don't remember. I think it's Disney Plus. I think it was Disney Play, and now it's Disney Plus. I think you're right. I think, but that's I think that, that, that's the genesis of my confusion. Maybe, uh, maybe not. Maybe I just ima- imagined it too. But like, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the likelihood is, but I would love to see that. And I think everyone who watches the show at this point and is like stuck around, you have to, they have to like that. It was one of the best like halves of a season we've gotten. The Ghost Rider arc. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it I don't know, and like they did with their budget. We talked a lot about like the first season, second season budget. It just shows how I feel like technology has gotten better because like it doesn't look. Mm-hmm. If it looks any worse than the Ghost Rider movies, it's negligible. <laughs> you know, it's freaking yeah. negligible, and it usually has I'd say like comparable to, like sci-fi movie of the week <laughs> level budgets, mm-hmm. but. It, this looked great. Like they just did a great job. Yeah. I like uh, I listened to the Good Place podcast, the companion piece that's done by people who make the show, and they talk a lot about like the the CGI they use in it all the time because it's a show that's like got all the heightened reality stuff and surreal stuff, and so things just like gonna fly in like sort of like living in a cartoon, and so they use a lot of CGI even though it's a sitcom, and just like you you think about it now and like there's so much and like people complain about practical versus CGI and we have no idea. Like we just don't no. even know. It's like, it's not that all the special effects and crazy crap in fast, the furious or special effects. A lot of them, you know, are someone in a, a car if it's on a track or if it's being pulled by something and they're in the car moving around. But what's CGI is the entire background is like digitally painted by someone <laughs> like, like whether they're yeah. on, you know, an Arctic plane or going in a, in like a scenic, like desert, you know, hill and valley or through 
you know, the middle of Rio de Janeiro or whatever's happening in, in a yeah. Fast and Furious movie. Soon they'll be driving in space. But like, but yes. all that stuff is like, <laughs> there is CGI in all of that. It's just, the, it's so much of it is seamless. It's so good. We don't even know yeah. anymore. And like Ghost Rider really like, it makes me realize and appreciate how good they can be. Cause like, it just looked great. Like, and the acting was great. Yeah. He did a great job. Was it, was it uh, Gabriel Luna is his name? He did, yeah. Yeah. Or no. Yeah, Gabriel did such a yeah. good job. Like, I'm yeah. all for it. I'm like that one in particular. Uh, you do a Mockingbird Hunter spinoff, like they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Bring back Agent Carter. Like, we could make a list. There's all sorts oh, of yeah. stuff. Absolutely, I, I'd be uh, I'd be down for it. If it ends, you keep a Quake and a Secret Warriors show going, and you introduce some of those characters. Uh, have crossover with her and uh, and uh, Moon Girl because she because. Uh, Luna Lafayette is, was part of the Secret Warriors team with her because they're both Inhumans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I 100 percent agree with all this. I think it's just kind of a confusing time because there is a lot of change happening as far as like Netflix contracts ending, and I know there's like legal stuff going on where like Disney can't technically use those, um, they can't have those shows or something because it's like a co. Um, creation or something. I can't remember the exact. Well, there's like there's non there's there's I think there's non compete clauses because it's yeah it's a co production yeah. it's a Netflix co production and so I think as a result because of the way the science the contracts were originally aired or originally written what like like all these shows were that were made that could be shown on different places in different countries and whatnot it can be licensed differently because like you see that. Like some of these DC shows, yeah. uh, I think everywhere but the US and Canada, all these uh, DC Universe shows are showing up as Netflix originals in all these other countries. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's just all, all bullshit. Yeah. We've talked about that a little bit, a little yeah. bit before too. It's just all yeah. business bullshit. But yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand um, like the nuances with that. I think because of the way that at least there was an article that, that speculated it. I think either right before, or right after, Jeff Loeb made a comment about expecting it not not being surprised to see some of these shows sitting up showing up sooner than you think and i think that maybe i'm not sure i'm not sure if it's even privy to the public i I, uh, someone might know more than us but i know that like it very well could be that in the way that this uh uh contract was written up for netflix and marvel's shows for the netflix marvel shows that they are not able to move to a disney based channel they couldn't go yeah. to uh they couldn't absorb them into a competing a, a not yet existing competing streaming service however <laughs> it doesn't mean they couldn't be sold to a different network or a different service they couldn't be sold to who or sony crackle or nbc or showtime yeah. or hbo and They've specifically hinted at, and some of the sort of speculation has been that it would be Hulu, which with the Fox purchase is now, it was already the largest share was owned by Disney previously. Now it's a majority share. Now it's like 70% of the company. So technically they wouldn't be absorbing it into a Disney owned company, but Disney would still have complete control. (laughs) Yeah. And because Disney is going to be the new megalopolis, like whatever yeah our new <laughs> conglomerate <laughs> we're all gonna work for yeah, disney someday we're living in judge dread soon enough another comic book mega city one just owned by disney those yep. all have uh, giant ears 
all those uh yeah. judges <laughs> the love giant and mickey mouse oh my God. um oh my yeah God. but yeah i i hope that we get spinoffs off of shield there's a lot of potential for i mean characters that we've we know and love that are on the show now and that have been on the show previously um so yeah i hope we get that it'd be just cool for them to mend the fence like i don't want i know like bad things to happen like promoter but like i just want them to go away from marvel (laughs) (laughs) i don't i'm not want bad things to happen to him he's like mixed up in some politically dubious stuff but at the same time like i don't know yeah, I just want them gone because why can't TV and he's, movies interact? Screwing with our continuity. I want, if Matt can't be Captain America, which is bullshit, he should be. But if he can't be, yeah. then like he should be able to meet, uh, you know, uh, Sam and Bucky in their show on the, <gasps> on the Disney. Oh my god! Uh, I hope whatever, that happens. Whatever it is. I can't remember. Yeah. Disney Plus. <laughs> Disney Plus. Disney Play. I think it's Disney they Plus. They need to not know. have names of stuff <laughs> that have symbols. <laughs> but they need to have, they need to have names of companies that don't have like symbols. I, I know. I agree. It's confusing. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that's a good place to end. Where can the people find you on the internet? Oh, I guess uh <laughs> if someone's finding me, they can find me at I Snow Nothing. Yeah, it's been a week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we won't get into it. No. <laughs> um, uh, you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find the podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. You can email us um, at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. Um, also, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Uh, it would be helpful so people can find us. Uh, we need to grow the shield loving family because there's not a ton of us out there but i find more and more people every day because of this podcast which is fun so and hopefully it will continue to grow as season six and seven come out um so thank you everybody for listening to project tahiti it's a magical place bye